I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. Good afternoon, Sean. They let us do another show. Cool, nice. <laughs> it's a, it's a streak now. <laughs> it is sure to, to last. It's sure to last forever. Yeah. Welcome to the Athletic Hockey Show. This is the two Sean's and a Frank edition. I think is what is what yep. we should be calling it. it. It just rolls off the tongue. I'm Sean Gentile. He's Sean McIndoe. We have Frankie Corrado as our. I don't want to say he's our guest because he's not our guest. He's just the no. third. He's the he's the third guy. He's, he's the he's, third wheel <laughs> who shows up periodically. We like we didn't ask him either. He's just, he's just, he's just going to like the whole theme of this show is two dudes who think they know hockey. Talk about it. And then every uh-huh. second week, a guy who actually knows hockey shows up and politely probably <laughs> corrects all of our bad takes. We had our little like pre-show meeting. A week or two ago, where we just BSed and got to know each other a little bit. And the first thing Frankie said was, uh, do I have to change my name to Sean? Yeah. Which I thought, which I thought yeah. was a good sign. And he said, yes, absolutely. And I don't think the legal paperwork's done yet, which is <laughs> disappointing. I'm not familiar with the with with that part of uh, Canadian paperwork, but yeah, we'll see. So Frankie's going to be around in a few minutes. He's going to stick with us for most of, uh, for, for most of the afternoon here. And he's going to be here every other week moving forward. That's kind of the plan. So if you like what he says, which you certainly will, because it's going to be good and funny and Frank is the best, then you can just ignore us next week and come back, right. come back week after that. We will eventually we'll introduce like a Sean filter where you'll be able to click a button. <laughs> it'll just be yeah. awkward silence. And then Frank coming on going, no, guys, uh, incorrect. And then saying intelligent things. It's going to be good. Just get someone else named Frank to come on. If if only there were someone. Um, it's I feel like it's been a low key, like sneaky kind of busy week. Like there's yep. been some there's there's been some stuff that's happened. Uh, we're gonna try not to talk about Morgan Riley and Ridley Gregg for the next forty five minutes because we've all had enough of that. But uh, that's been that's been in the, in the atmosphere. Um, but I, Sean, I think that I think where I want to start here, the one big thing that I've learned. In the last week. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. And it took me a while to get there because I feel like I've talked about it on whatever, on the show with, with Haley and Max. I feel like you and I talked about it. 
I think the Penguins are cooked. I think yeah. I think I think I think Pittsburgh is done. We saw Pierre LeBron go on TSN last night and say, you know, that they're essentially open for business. They're not going to be trading Sidney Crosby or Kenny Malkin or Chris Letang, but they're listening to offers and and they're and they're kind of ready to roll. You know, is there whatever it is, nine or ten points out of a wild card spot here, uh, eighteen days from from the trade deadline. It took me a while to get there. I think I was making excuses for them for for longer, for probably longer than I should have. Um, but they're cooked, right? Like, are, are we are we ready to say are. that? I think they are, and and I like I'm with you on it. Probably took me longer. I'll just mm-hmm. say it took me longer to get there because it's the Pittsburgh Penguins mm-hmm. than it would have with other like you know if if the Minnesota Wild had the exact same scenario playing out i would have just been like yeah they're they're out or or most other teams but because it's pittsburgh because it's Sidney crosby because kyle dubas so clearly went all in on this year and went out and got eric carlson and i i kept waiting i kept giving them more rope mm-hmm. and at, at this point the way this week has gone and even the last few weeks three wins mm-hmm. in their last 10 just fallen out of the race and, and it was almost a situation and we see this around the league this time of year a lot where there are some teams where you go, you know, buyer seller, not sure. And the, for the GM, it's basically like, you know what? You guys tell me, mm-hmm. you guys have got a couple weeks to tell me. And the penguins have told Kyle Dubas, you know what? We're not very good. So feel free to do whatever you need to do. <laughs> but I tell you, I, I here, here's my question to you as, as Pittsburgh guy, mm-hmm. how is that going to play? In Pittsburgh, because even a couple of weeks ago, I remember writing that like I with with Jake Gunsell, I said I I would move him, mm-hmm. and I had a bunch of Penguins fans make the not unreasonable point that hey, even you know, go ahead and trade Jake Gunsell. We we all know the Penguins, the prospect pipeline is barren. They desperately need picks. They definitely de- desperately need some young players. They said yeah, okay, go ahead and trade him. You're going to get a prospect and a first round pick, maybe. First round pick's going to be in the 20s. You're not going to see that guy for three years. Mm-hmm. The prospect is you're probably not going to see for a couple years. And meanwhile, you got Sidney Crosby playing at an MVP level. So how does this help? You know, what future are we building towards? So how is this going to play? Like, is 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 Dubas going to have carte blanche from the from the fan base to do what needs to be done? Or is there going to be pushback on this going like we got to squeeze every last drop out of this this veteran core that we've invested so much in? It's really easy to say that they should go out there and move Riley Smith and Noel Achari and Ricard Raquel if somebody would take like guys like that. That's one thing, right? And I'm and I can guarantee you that the fan base is more than ready for that. They're ready for the Riley Smith era to be over. I can guarantee you that much. It's something else entirely when you're like, we're we're pulling the plug here, actually, for real. And moving Jake Cancel, who's one of the five best wingers that's ever played for this franchise, who's been stapled to Sidney Crosby basically since he came in the league. As he and he's and he's he's pending UFA clearly. That's why this discussion is happening. Um, cutting ties with that dude now. Seventh, even when we hurt, whatever at now at the deadline, whenever it happens that waves a different sort of white flag i think than 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 a lot of people are ready for and i think that's what i think that's what a lot of folks me included honestly as as someone who who has to talk about this team more more than i more than i'd like to 
<clears throat> um, I was that was that to me feels like the red button. That's like the, yeah. that, that's like that's like the move that 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 really signals something different. And I sincerely did, partially because the Met- the Metropolitan Division, like it, it's it's mediocre. Like it seemed yeah. like it seemed like they they had a bunch of games to play before the deadline. It felt like they were going to be able to at least get to a point where you could squint and see the playoffs off in the future. And if that's the way it is, if you have a prayer, and I've been on this train for years with them, if you have any hope of making the postseason, you lean into it because every single one of these seasons is precious. You don't get sitting, you get sitting Crosby once in a lifetime. Like you got to make it count. But I am fully now because again, they're eight points out of the wild card grace and not, not playing particularly well with a zillion teams ahead of them. Like, the die has been cast. You got to do what you got to do. So if you feel like Jake Gensel is going to be too expensive to sign long term, you trade him. You and you have him. to know that by now. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, there, there's, there's. Uh, it, what did you make of the the Sidney Crosby comments this week, where he was basically asked mm-hmm. how he would feel about those sorts of moves, and he certainly didn't endorse them. But he also didn't draw a line in the sand and say, no, not on my watch. Don't tear this team up. I'm going to put them on my back, you know, whatever. Like he, it sounded like he was sort of Mm -hmm. implicitly given permission to Kyle Dubas to do what needs to happen. We know, we know that there's like a threshold that we we know like what his limit is with that. Cause he's not a guy who's first off, he's, he doesn't want to be perceived as a guy who puts his thumb on the scale when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. Part of it's about public perception, but part of it is also about he he doesn't he doesn't want to interfere. Like that's sincere on on his part. We've seen him do it in the past. We saw him do it two years ago with Malkin and Latang. That was his like lay the cards on the table and be like, listen, you are you are sign you are bringing these guys back. Like you know, like like mm. like like elbowing Ron Hexel. Like I like I think you realize what I'm talking about here when I say you probably should. You probably should sign these guys long term. Like that was that was when he used his clout. We know what that looks like, and I don't think we're seeing that here yet. Yeah, and, and he did. He said that. He said that to Rossi, Rob Rossi, a, a few days ago. I, I believe exclusively. Like, you know, I'm not. I'm not putting my thumb on the scale here. Like Kyle needs to do what he needs to. Do. I'm paraphrasing there, but that's you know, that's basically what he said. Because I think he's a reasonable dude, and I think he can look at at you know at the standings both in the wild card and in the division and be like, we don't have the juice this year. But and he's if playing it, so well, it's like, a joke. It's a joke that that dude uh, is, he's going to be on heart ballots this season. People are going, people are going, he's going to be ninth and, and, or whatever. Yeah. People are, people on are going to vote for him. the playoffs. It's, on, a, yeah. on a team that misses the playoffs, having a season that we've, who is the last 36 year old to do what he's done? It doesn't happen. And it can it, end quickly. And I say it, this, I say this every week, dude. I say this every week. Just, Joe Sackick, a guy who was an MVP candidate late into his 30s until the second that he wasn't, and then it was done. Yep. It was cooked. It Steve happens. Eisenman was another one. Just it, it's and 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 the, the game I always play, and people who have listened to me before have heard me do this, is I always, you know, go back to opening night. And if somebody told you, right, and if somebody came to you and said, you know, hey, opening night, hey, you know, what's going on in Pittsburgh, right? They got Eric Carlson. Isn't this going to be crazy? And if somebody said, sellers at the deadline, five points, eight points out of the playoffs, you would say two things. You go, oh, okay. So probably uh, probably the goaltending wasn't good. 
no, actually, goaltending's been pretty good. Goaltending's been surprisingly good. They go, oh, okay, so Sid must have must have finally hit the wall. No, Sid is having one of the one of the greatest seasons of his career. You're like in no. ter- everything factored in. You know, not not the overall numbers aren't going to get there, but he's he's phenomenal. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, Tristan, none of the rest of it works. Uh, Tristan Jari's leading the league in shutouts, and uh, Sid's having maybe the best five on five production yeah. of of his career. And okay, they're they're how many? They're eight yeah. eight points out. So they're in first. Okay. Is that, no, they're behind the Flyers. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're actually, they're actually behind the caps in the red wings. Yeah. And they're, and they're they're behind the caps. So Ovechkin must be uh, having a great (laughs) seat. No, no, actually, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's why, you know, this, this, this league, this is why I do the prediction contest Mm -hmm. and all this other stuff every year. It, we always get to this point and there's people who are like, ah, we all knew the penguins weren't going to be good. No, you didn't. No, we don't know anything on opening night. And then we just fill in around it. And we fake our way to pretending like any of this makes sense. I mean, we got, we do have, we got, we talked about Sid. We got to talk about Ovechkin at least quickly. Was there like an Ovechkin question on, on the, on the season, on the season preview? Like, was there any, I didn't know. I didn't didn't have anything like that, but uh, I got, I, he's good again. Finally, after he's half a season when he wasn't, well, he's scoring (laughs) again. He's scoring because, because I say he's good again. And some people are going to go, no, he's not. And, and, some Capitals fans are going to say he was good all year long. If you actually watch the games, you'd see the, you know, all this stuff. But yeah, he's uh, he, he's been scoring again, which is good because that's that's the only thing we didn't want. All of us was Alexander Ovechkin crawling towards the goals record. I felt like it was. I, I think I was on the verge of not jumping ship, but saying like, um, "Is this going to happen?" Yeah. <laughs> because. He started how many was it 64 or how, however many was it that you know very very recently and you're like okay you start doing the math and it's not mm-hmm. it's not it's not favorable but he's you know 16 points he had a six game goal streak he's showing a pulse he needed to have an outburst like that for him to get back on track and I like six games and six goals in six games is not is nothing to sneeze at and and it's the mm-hmm. but it's also the kind of thing that he needed yes. to make up space because because if he stayed in the tank for that much longer then we'd be like it's going to be two more seasons after this one maybe for for him to do it and that's when stuff starts to get really really squishy because because this man is this man is uh christ he's 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 older he's older than me which is wild that's yeah which is oof that's that's all yeah six goals in six games or as austin matthews calls it a a good 48 hours so oh i think i think austin's gonna come up with frankie I think I, I think we have some awesome questions teed up for uh, te- well, hold teed up on for- that. That's the perfect uh, <laughs> that's the perfect segue. It is a perfect segue. Coming up, F. Sean Carrado. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Frankie, there's still time to back out, man. You don't know, you don't have to do this. Yeah. Actually, my first question to you guys is, is this going to be video recorded as well? Because I'm not having a good hair day. <laughs> and uh, if it was just audio, that would be great. They've officially, they've officially rescued everybody. We don't have it to worry about in video our anymore. contract. No video. Cause <laughs> I'm glad you got the gray hoodie memo though. Like this, the Sean, yeah. uh, other Sean didn't go with the official <laughs> uniform of, it's, well, you know what? I got I got a little something going here. Are you guys uh, fans of the show Friends at all? Yes. Come on. You sure. know when Phoebe Buffay she has a little bit of a raspy throat and and her singing voice is really good. Before I start, I just want to say that um, I have a cold, so if I sneeze in the middle of a song, it's not on purpose. <laughs> Snowy cat, Snowy cat, what are they feeding you? This chick sounds good. Like, I have that right now, and uh, I got some sensual tones, but uh, a little bit of a scratchy throat at that expense. We'll give it We'll give it a work. You know, you don't have any TV to do tonight or anything, so we'll just, no. uh, yeah. just grind you to Travel powder. Day. Travel day. I'm out in uh, Sean Gentilly's neck of the woods today, heading to Pittsburgh. Dude, I, I wish we... Um, and I'm not there, which is bogus. <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate this. Um, yeah, well, I mean... DGB brought it up like you're you're doing Habs games consistently like you like you like yeah. you are the you're the guy at the, at, at the moment right so you're, so you're in Pittsburgh for for Habs pens which is uh which is on Thursday night you know what yeah so Dave Poulin takes the job with the Sens so I got this this great opportunity now to start doing some some color for for Habs games and um it's it's been very it's been very cool to watch the journey of Slavkovsky, mm-hmm. Suzuki, and Caulfield. Like Caulfield, we'll start with him. Like his shooting percentage was down quite significantly early on. Like he was probably at seven, seven and a half percent. Um, his career shooting percentage was probably in the 12s. And I think last year he was 16th. He was really hot last year. He went on a stretch. I can't remember how many games in a row he had a goal. It might have been five or six games in a row. Like it was if he, he, he finally found it, his shooting average went up two percent in like a month. Um, and, and he's doing more than just scoring goals. Like he's, he's, he's making plays, um, you know, he's playing away from the puck. Nick Suzuki for me is he falls into that. Doesn't get enough love around the league category. I think a lot of people still see him as, you know, the ceiling, a number two center on a really good team. Like this guy's doing a lot with a little bit, um, in Montreal and, and like, he just, it's almost like he makes the game look easy. So you almost under come to underappreciate exactly what he does. He, he's been really impressive. But the biggest story and maybe the most polarizing thing uh, between Habs fans and the rest of the league is the progression of Yuri Slavkovsky. Mm-hmm. And it just, it seems to make the rounds a lot. And mm-hmm. he's the first overall pick. And I think a lot of people expect a lot more out of him production-wise. Um, and here he is. He's got a 10-game point streak now, I believe, going into tonight's game against the Sabres. 
and like night and day difference between last year and this year where last year like anything that could have gone wrong for the guy it felt like it did where constantly getting hit constantly you know getting knocked off the puck felt like he was thinking his way through the game and a lot of the narrative was well the NHL it moves too fast for him and and he's not quite there yet and i know that like being around Marty St. Louis had to have been massive for him. And that was always going to be the thing that you wrestle with. Do you send him down and get him away from Marty, get him away from Alex Burroughs, or do you keep him in the NHL and live with the growing pains, but still have, you know, daily exposure to a coaching staff that has been there and done it and can really, you know, lean on you with some hands-on stuff. They chose to keep him up. And looking at the way things have gone now, it's been the right decision because all that hesitation in his game is gone. And he's using his frame like he's six foot three, 230 plus pounds. He's actually using his body, um, you know, to protect pucks, to play a little more physical. His shot is actually really, really good. And we're seeing that kind of come to life. Um, he's like night and day uh, between what he was last year and what he is right now. Yeah. You, you said polarizing and i think that's that's a good word because i Habs fans are feeling feisty right now mm -hmm. about this guy there's there's some i don't want to say victory lap but there's definitely like an undertaker sit-up vibe happening with Habs fans is uh, around this kid because look I, we, we are too quick to judge a lot of these guys absolutely but he wasn't great last year mm -hmm. i mean it's it's Very not fair. like yeah, you know, last year for a first overall pick, even in a you know maybe a so-so top of the draft, the the numbers you look at were were not there. And 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 the tricky part is, you can look at some other guys who became stars in this league. Leander Seidel being probably the biggest of them. Joe Thornton being another guy who had lousy first years. Mm -hmm. You can I also look at a lot of guys who came in as high picks and had lousy first years because they were just lousy NHLers. So. <laughs> I also think you, you know, you compare first overall picks with first overall picks. And in this situation, I don't think that's an apples to apples comparison because this was yeah. the, the age group that was the most affected by COVID. And they were the ones that lost a lot of games at, at, a, at a crucial development age. So if, if you like, if you open up Slavkovsky's hockey DB page, he was probably the one that was able to play the most out of all the mm -hmm. guys because the OHL was shut down and, you know, the, even the Q and the dub, like they had limited seasons. He was able to play the most, but it still stunts your development. And I think you have to compare him to the guys he was drafted in, in his own draft. And who went second overall that year? Was it Nemitz? Like he was, mm -hmm. yep. he was playing in the American Hockey League. He's just finally kind of made the step up to the NHL. Logan Cooley had a really good start to the season. I, I believe now Slavkovsky is, is ahead of him in, in points and uh, Shane Wright is playing in the AHL. So when you, when you take a look at that and you compare apples to apples within his own draft, it doesn't look that bad. The problem is, you know, we look at other players that were picked first overall and it's Connor Bedard, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews. It's Austin like, Matthews had four goals in his first game. He had four Slavkovsky goals, had four in, goals his in his first game. season. And I was down, I was, I was not playing in that game. I was down in the bowels of the Canadian tire center, um, doing a miserable bike ride. And this guy was <laughs> up four goals. 
and and we couldn't believe it. Like it was myself. I can't remember who were the healthy scratches that game, but it was it was us and uh, and the strength coach. And we're sitting there like this can't be real. Like this guy cannot be doing this in his first NHL game. And in typical Leafs fashion, I believe we found a way to lose that game as well. So all was right yep, in the sure world did. in that moment. I was trying to like like very very quickly see who else was on the bike with you in, in October. I, I want to say, I want to say, it was okay. Coleman because I Not remember, right. I remember Poli. I remember Poli. He had just come off the world cup of hockey mm-hmm. and he's such a great guy, like such an awesome yeah. team guy. He had just come off the world cup of hockey and he was healthy scratched for the first game of the season. And he had been healthy scratched the first game of the previous season. And once he got in the lineup, he obviously never came out. He ended up mm-hmm. getting traded to, to San Jose, I believe, with James Reimer, comes back. And, and then I think he was sitting there and he said to me, I don't like to complain too much, but are you telling me I was <laughs> yeah, good clear, enough to play clearly, dude, world, you're... <laughs> I was good clear. enough to play in the World Cup of Hockey two weeks ago, and now I'm not good enough to play on on like the top six on, on this team yeah. in the NHL. Like it doesn't make sense to me. And I go. <laughs> Foley, I think he got a good point there. And sure enough, the next day he was in the coach's office, uh, making that point abundantly clear to uh, our coach. I think I'm going to go back to something you said about Slavkowski too. Like, what would the good be in sending him to the American League? Like, the guy's six, he's, you know, six, three, 200, whatever. Like, like is not that, now. Is there, well, not now. Point- no, well, Sean, my point, my point at the beginning of the season was if you were ever going to do that, mm-hmm. last year was the year to do it, where you just say, go play. There's not going to be any pressure on you. No one's going to be talking about you. You just go play down there and don't even worry that this even exists. But mm-hmm. they they didn't do that. So once you didn't go down that road last year, you don't go down that road this year because it sends the wrong message. It's like, you just went through the whole year in the NHL. Mind you, he did get hurt last year, and, and he, he ended up missing some time. And I think that's even another case to be made for, you know, having some patience with him. Like, he missed a significant chunk of time. But with that being said, the time to go to the AHL was the first year. So you go into this year, you keep him up, and it absolutely 100% turned out to be the right decision because mm-hmm. he's playing great. He, he's, he's, like, he's really assertive on the power play as well. Um you know, the last game they played on Saturday night, there is a little clip there where he has the puck in the neutral zone and he like stick handles through a couple guys standing still, eventually makes a good play on the puck. I was like, he would never have done that last year. But it just goes to show you like the hesitation the, the, uh, is, is going away. The confidence in his game is growing. And um, that's that's a welcome sight for, for Habs fans. And I kind of made the comparison during one of the games like, what if he could turn into Chris Kreider plus? Like, what if he could be Chris Kreider maybe a little better than that? I think, I that's, think they should take Chris Kreider, just Chris Kreider. I, like, like that'd like, be, I, that'd I be that fun. Would be, that, would be, that would be incredible. Like, the guy scored 52 goals two years ago. <laughs> and if he plays, like, if he get, ever gets a little bit of that mean streak and nastiness that Kreider has, mm-hmm. I think the template is right there as far as that's a guy that's six foot three, 230 pounds and a very successful power forward. I, I got to say, 
that's you take the 50 goals. I, I don't know if Chris Kreider is the name you want to be dropping in Montreal, though, because they still God. are not over the carry price. <laughs> they they are... And I was very nervous. Uh, that's a great point. I was very nervous. We did it. We did an opening hit for the game. And I, I looked at Brian Mudrick, my play by play guy, said, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to drop the name Chris Kreider. He goes, are you sure? All right, buddy. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah. I said, and I did say it in the head. I'm like. You know, I know he's been public enemy number one here in, in Montreal, but uh, I mean, it just it, it, it is a little bit of a compliment at times when someone, you know, a fan base hates someone so much like Brad Marchand mm. in Toronto or Brad Marchand anywhere. Um, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. people hate him and they would probably like him on, on their own team. So so let me let me just ask this then that I'll, I'll go the other way, because Habs fans have had to listen to people call this kid a bust or a potential bust, or he's on the way to being a bust. Um, and now it's kind of tilting the other way. So let's, let's go crazy. Like what is, what's the ceiling here? I mean, you, you mentioned Kreider. Kreider's a great player. I, I still think if you have a first overall pick, you're probably aiming higher than that. So what, what can we get to? Can this be a, like a Miko Rantanen? Could it be like is Leandra Seidel? Maybe, you know, he was an MVP. So that, yeah. that feels a little high, but let's let's go. Let's let's pump the tires of the Habs fans who had to spend a year listening to everyone talk about. I will. That, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I used yeah. to do. I used to do the All American Show with me and Custins. Uh, like, I'm simply not going to let this Chris Kreider slander stand. <laughs> that well, guy. I don't think it's. I don't think it's slander. <laughs> I think. I think it's complimentary. DGB. Of, of course Kreider. it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, know. I mean. Yeah, it depends. It depends how you look at it. See, I, I'm not. I'll be completely honest with you. I'm not there yet with Miko Rantanen. I I just think like hmm, wow. I remember Rantanen coming into the league. I w- I would have been around still when he came in, and he like right away he was more polished, hmm. Rantanen. And yeah. I still see that in his game right now. I think with Rantanen, the, there's there's a little more offensive upside. You also have to keep in mind like Rantanen has played with Nathan McKinnon a long time, and and they've just you know they've had really good teams the last few years but like when i say Kreider plus i think that's kind of what i'm getting at it's mm-hmm. like that's a good attainable goal for the player and maybe there is a little more offensive upside um than 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 with Kreider because in the like Kreider had a big year two years ago i think previous to that it was you know 50 to 60 kind of points like i have no doubt at some point in slavkovsky's career um, he, he's going to be like, he's going to be touching a point per game player, but even if he isn't, let's say he isn't, if he finds a little bit of that, that nastiness and he brings a different kind of element, I think that's what made him such an enticing prospect because mm-hmm. the way he's built, he's going to be able to do things in the NHL that not everyone is built to do. And, and that's what, you know, I think that's what Habs fans get really excited about with, when, when, when it comes to the future of his game. Like, no, you know, no disrespect to, to Shane Wright or, or Logan Cooley, who were drafted behind him. They're just not built the same way. So they're always going to have, you know, some kind of physical limitation where your eyes, he, he's a big, big man child. And if you can find a way to extract something else aside from the good shot or the good skating ability, it's like that's that that kind of X factor that a lot of teams really want to get. And it's Mm -hmm. hard to acquire via free agency or trades. And 
you know, if you have a chance to bring that into your organization through the draft um, and harness that and develop it, that's why I say like, you know, maybe it's not quite Rantanen, but it could be like, you know, Kreider on his best year. And I think mm-hmm. that would be, that would be, um, I, I think that would leave a lot of happiness in the Habs uh, fan base. Okay, well, I, I I can't I can't leave this with happiness on the Habs fan base. So let me just ask <laughs> one quite real quick. Give me a, almost a yes or no answer. Slavkovsky, Caulfield, Suzuki. If that's the first line, can you mm. build a championship team with that as your first line? I I do believe so because I'll like I'll use the example of Vegas last year. Like, does Vegas have a first line that really blew you away? Like, was it was it the perfection line in Boston? Is it, you know, mm-hmm. Matthews, Marner, Hyman? Or mm-hmm. is it Nugent Hopkins, McDavid? Hyman? You know what I mean? Like, so if right now the Habs, where they're at, they have a really good first line. They have some players lower in the lineup who provide a, a good service to them, play with some energy, some physicality. Right now, lines two and three are in transition. Let's mm-hmm. call it that. It's some players, maybe some older guys, maybe some, um, you know, some older guys with some some expiring contracts or a couple of years left that, that you know, at some point need to be uh, moved their way out of the lineup. They haven't quite made that the they haven't made the transition there. And that's the black hole in the lineup for them when it comes to their future moving forward. So if you build a second line and a third line, that's quite good, but not, you know, superstar power. All of a sudden, you turn into a, a four-line team um, that can that can have some versatility. It may not have the highest upside, but um, that seems to be a good uh, recipe for success. And, and I would cite Vegas, where you know every line that Vegas had had a centerman who could play on both sides of the puck, um, had some bigger bodies lower in the lineup that played with some physicality, and it wasn't just one line that had to do all the work. And if that's where the Habs can get, I think they'll be very happy with that. With that being said, Mm -hmm. it's incredibly difficult to do. Like Mm -hmm. very difficult. Every team would love to achieve that. The thing about starting a rebuild is it's not really a timetable. You know, there's not, I don't sense that there's a lot of pressure um, to be good right away. So they do have time on their hands to try and make that happen, but they'll have to make the right moves along the way. I mean, cause they're, they're still, I, it's all about trajectory. It's not necessarily that they need to, you, you they don't need to finish with nine, whatever, 88 points this year to feel good about things. Like enough stuff has happened at the individual level where like, like Suzuki, he's, there have been flashes in the past where like at times he's produced at times he's been a more complete player. Like it's always been kind of, he gives one away to, to, to make the other work. And now it's like, he's just doing, he's doing everything right. And, yeah. and, 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 and Slavkovsky is, you know, we've, we've talked about him plenty. So like you see those strides in, in individual players and it's like, I don't know how you look at the season as anything. That's all it is. That's what this success. year is. It's, mm-hmm. it's looking at the individual players and seeing the growth. And I think a lot of that has to come on the blue line as well. Like that's, that's where a lot of their, um, you know, their transition is going to be focused because they have a lot of really good young blue liners. And the challenge for them is, do you keep the right ones? Because there's mm-hmm. not enough room for all of those guys. And, you know, some guys have come in and, and basically been non-negotiable guys. Like Caden Gooley, from the moment he stepped in the league, has been 20 minutes plus every night and, you know, bounces back every time he seems to make a mistake. Like, he's he's there for sure. He, he Like, he's not going anywhere. And then between, you know, Struble, Kovacevic, Harris, Jack Eye, 
Um, then they're going to have like this next young crop with Mayu and Rhinebacker and Lane Hudson. Like who stays, who goes, and you know, the, the, do you do you trade the wrong guy? And that's the I, for me, mm-hmm. like that would be the biggest fear uh, when trying to construct their blue line for the future. So Another, we, sorry. we talked about sorry, Sean. We talked about Slavkovsky being a guy that drafted early, comes in big hype supposed to be a franchise player and then gets off to the slow start. Mm-hmm. Another guy fits in that description, Quentin Byfield. Uh, and a hell of a goal last night. Yeah. Hell having a great season, but that goal last night, if people haven't seen it, seek it out because I got, I, I will admit I'm, I'm an Eastern sports writer. So of course I go to bed before the Kings, uh, or any of the West coast teams play. I, I woke up, I had a text <laughs> from somebody going, just Quentin Byfield, exclamation, or exclamation point. thought, all right, he must have done something. And then I swear I was catching up on my Twitter feed and every second tweet mm-hmm. was people it was, showing different it was, angles of this goal. It was one yeah, of those, it, it was one it of those goals. It didn't Here, take here's my question to you. Morning. It didn't take very long this morning to find that goal. And I also got that same text and it was from our producer, yeah. Jeff. And <laughs> as soon yeah. as I saw that text this morning, I said to my head, in my head, I love hockey. I watch a ton of hockey. I, I do this for a living. There's no way that I was staying up to watch a Los Angeles Kings, <laughs> Columbus Blue Jackets, 10.30 p.m. start. There's just yeah. no way. But anyways, I ended up catching the highlights this morning. And yeah. Quinton Byfield, that's probably like goal of the year candidate. He Definitely. scored a really nice one early in the year in Montreal as well. Um, but there's another like really good example of a kid that was taken high in the draft and a team expects that kind of player, like he's a second overall, mm-hmm. like that's the kind of guy that's supposed to change the complexion of the, the future of your team. It didn't happen right away. I believe in every year he's been in the league, he's had to spend some time in the American hockey league. And there was another player in Quinton Byfield who, kind of had some development stunted by the COVID years. And and Mm -hmm. so now he's finally playing. His team is, you know, better around him, even though they've been struggling recently, but they've played better under uh, Jimmy Hiller, which is encouraging. Um, But yeah, just like uh, when when you talk about these young guys, they obviously have the skill set or they wouldn't have been drafted that high. Like they can skate, they can stick handle, they can shoot all that kind of stuff. The NHL is a very difficult league for a number of reasons. One of those reasons is just the mental grind that you have to go through every single day. And the Mm -hmm. change in schedule is very different than what you go through in the American Hockey League and Junior Hockey. Junior Hockey, American Hockey League, basically you'll practice all week long and they might sprinkle in a random Wednesday night game. I know they're trying to do more of that now in the AHL because they're trying to get away from the three days and three days. So they sprinkle in some Wednesdays. But... My point being, it's a predictable, predictable schedule. So you know when your practice days are going to be. You know when you have to ramp things up for the weekend. Then you have a day off coming, and you do it all over again. The NHL is not like that. The NHL is games every other day where you have to manage your highs and your lows, and it's very difficult to do so. And you can get caught up in oh, I'm tired, or I'm not feeling it, or I don't have confidence. And if you don't have confidence and you got four uh, games in six days, you're screwed because mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're just not going to find it. Whereas you can kind of reset. You can reset in the HL. You can reset in junior hockey. You don't have that opportunity in the NHL. So it's up to you to find it. 
Um, and that's a big challenge for young players who make the jump. So Quinton Byfield now obviously has the skill set. That's on full display, especially last night with that goal. But it does take a little bit of time to figure things out in the NHL. And like that's, you know, that's one of the hurdles that that he would have to deal with. And um, that's that's also a welcome sight for the L.A. Kings, because that's that's someone who's supposed to, you know, take this team um, and take the torch and kind of carry it when when Kopitar has gone. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, like that, those are the guys you're going to look to. And um, good for him for kind of sticking with it because he's having a big year now. Yeah, and big it's, especially for Kings fans, like you, you mm-hmm. talked about with Slavkovsky, it was like, well, you look at the other guys in the draft here, Kings fans have had to watch Tim Stutzler become, mm-hmm. you know, step into the league, and within two years, he's a 90-point guy, and they're yeah. sitting there going, did we pick the wrong guy? Doesn't look that anymore. I, I got to ask I gotta ask Frank, you do these great breakdowns on TikTok where you, you, mm. you know, you, you'll take a play or a goal and say, okay, who, who did the right thing? Who did the wrong thing? And it's, it's really good. I've been saying for years, there's not enough X's and O's in, in what we do. Um, do you even bother doing a breakdown of that Quentin Byfield gold? Or are you just like, good luck boys. That's a guy like that decides it's going in, it's going in, whatever. You I do. think, I think with something like that, you can kind of see what happened there, right? Like when, when I do those things, I, I kind of, First of all, I've been incredibly busy, so I haven't been able to do them as much as I, I would like to. But I, I want to show someone the strategy behind what's going on on the ice. Like, what is what is a player thinking in a given moment and kind of show how quickly things can happen? And I think for a goal like that, it's literally just, dude, that guy is really skilled and that's a great individual effort and you can see it. But when there's multiple breakdowns and you say, how, the, how did that guy get so wide open? I think that's a great opportunity to kind of say, okay, let's see, like, let's see what happened here. Maybe someone was, was highly intelligent on the offensive side of the puck. Maybe someone missed their assignment on the defensive side of the puck. Like, let's see what this team is trying to do. And um, I think with, with something like Byfield, it's just like, you do, you do your thing, man. Like that was, that was very, very. <laughs> Zach Wierenski is so happy to hear that there's no breakdown coming of that. Yeah, he does no, not no. need to see any slow-mo of, uh, of no. that play. Cause yeah. it didn't go great for him. I think it might've been Adam Bokefest too. I like, see that, that, that's how good the byfield goal was. Is you're like, who did he cook? Was it, was it Wierenski? <laughs> like whatever. This is the benefits of playing the Columbus Blue Jackets, right? That's, yeah. that's no like their, their must see no TV. They can get, they can no just one, posterize no it. Yeah. yeah. We're us Eastern media. We don't see it. This is like you are truly one of us now. You're you're fall you're falling asleep during West Coast games and trying yeah. to pretend like you watch it. I actually like I, I I do I do like because we do a lot of sports center stuff at mm-hmm. night. Like you just have to stay up anyways because you you got to do the hits at around one a.m. to you know have them ready for the morning show. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Vancouver's been a team like I stay up and watch a lot. Um, they've been you know they've been really exciting and like their game last night against Colorado. I thought they handled like they handled themselves much better, obviously, than mm-hmm. they did against Minnesota. But even the previous game against Winnipeg, like mm-hmm. where I thought against Winnipeg, that was that was very telling as to when a team really asserts themselves physically over you. How do you handle that? Do you retaliate? Do you get lost in the game? Like there, there's a game in, within the game that happens when when something, you know, when when it's that physical and I thought their number one priority 
in the game against Winnipeg was we have to answer the bell here. We have to show that we're more physical than them. And in doing that, they made some critical mistakes that led to, you know, high danger chances for Winnipeg and, Mm -hmm. And going into Minnesota, like I still felt like that was still kind of within their game. And last night they did a better job of, of kind of managing things against a Colorado team that, you know, when they get two goals from from Johansson, um, different team, you know, like yeah, that's absolutely that's been like that's been one of the biggest things for Colorado is what a lot of people assume the Leafs are. And they're probably not wrong at times. It's like a one line team. So true. If you watch Colorado, um, that's been the story that's for them all year long. Mm-hmm. Well, because yeah, because Johansson had that he he was you know at least producing at the start of the year and then went in the tank for a while. But like you you, yeah. you get you get goals from someone like him, things things change in a hurry. It's different, so right? True. It's different because so everyone's like everyone's all everyone's going to be all over McKinnon, and especially with a good team like Vancouver, like they're going to have the the horses to kind of go up and down the ice with him. But, you know, can you get something from your second line? Look at all the like all the best teams that we've seen over the years have had a one two punch down the middle mm-hmm. that can that can give you something. And like if you don't have that, you, you kind of get what Toronto has been in the playoffs a lot where it's like five on five. Can you find something, you know, and, and even, you know, looking at Toronto now, when was the last time Tavares scored a goal at five on five? Was it, you know, December? Um <laughs> you know, halfway through December. So like, that's, you know, that's always going to be hockey will change a lot over the years. It's changed a lot from when I was in the league to now, but ah, yes, those many years ago that you were in the league, <laughs> it's changed a lot, man. You, you crazy, want to fight. Okay. So I don't know how much time we have left, but no, I was just, I was just, at, just cook. Let's go. That's fine. I was at the leaf, uh, leaf Colorado game on a Saturday night. Uh, it would have been in January, I think. And I was sitting next, we were in the alumni box myself, my wife, and we were sitting next to Chris Versteeg and his son. And Chris and I were talking throughout the game and we go, man, I I think I would have got hit in that moment. And he looks at me, he goes, no, no, no. He goes, you would have been hit. Then that player would have been. And then we started going through like every shift and we're like, okay, so when, when we were in the league, that would have been still staying on the boards. That guy would have got finished there. And then he's like, buddy, my, I used to get boxed out from the corner and I wouldn't be able to get like to the circle. And he's like, I would have guys like Matt green who were six foot four, 220 pounds, cross checking me, mauling me. And it was all good. And he goes, now you can't do that. Like you can't cross check guys like that. You can't start your box outs. And he goes the whole game, like the whole game. And we came to an agreement on this. The whole game was played on the wall. And that's like, I don't know. Is that, five, six years ago. And yeah. now it's, 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 a, it's way more mm-hmm. free flowing through the middle guys are, you know, guys are making plays and it's like, it is, you know, in five years, it's or five or six years. It's crazy how much the, the game has changed. And, you know, it kind of goes to what Torts has been talking about when Torts said, it's a dumb league. It's a dumb league. It's changed for coaches too. And we've had to make adjustments because there are so many mistakes made I guess the thing with the young athletes is sometimes you have to wait your turn, right? As far as gaining respect and and not wanting everything right now and not expecting everything right now as far as ice time, as far as your contract, whatever it may be. I think that's where I think the athletes have, have changed. They have entourages around them that I think direct them the wrong way. And 
the hierarchy of a room, the hierarchy of what it is to be a pro, the process you have to go through as a pro, I think's lost a little bit with, with the athlete now. And uh, it's something I miss terribly in, in being in the league for so long, seeing where it's gone to now. Great athletes, great skill, great speed. But uh, the mental and the understanding what it is to be a pro and, and respecting the National Hockey League, that's where uh, I have some struggles. Were you applauding when he was saying that? Were you like, I, hell yeah? I wasn't, I wasn't applauding it. I would just say it's different. It's different because, you know, guys, guys were kind of, they had more of a defensive kind of awareness, like the gamesmanship, I think, has been lost a little bit along the way. And I think, you know, coaches have had to adjust to, to the modern player where these guys came up with, you know, putting the, the puck through sticks and pylons and all that great stuff, but like managing the score, managing the time, like those kinds of things. You watch games now and you're like, it's a two, one game with three minutes left and you decided to go up the middle. Are you crazy? Like, you know, th those kinds of things happen. I think for a guy like Torts, who's been around the game a long time, must drive him nuts. Okay. So speaking of the old school coaches. All right, so you can't go up the middle, you can't go off the boards. You know where else you can't go? Uh, Las Vegas, apparently, <laughs> to see a concert. Because that was big news this week, was the, the Nashville Predators with their, their big field trip to, to the Sphere to go see U2 gets shut down after a couple of bad games, a couple of bad practices, apparently. They got, span Burnett. they got spanked by Dallas last week. Yeah, I think, oh, I, yeah. I think they that had a 9-2 yep. uh, loss. And and Andrew Burnett and, and Barry Trotz come in and say, you know what? Trip to Vegas canceled. The early trip to Vegas, the, the concert canceled, everything. And there was a I mean, there was a debate on Hockey Night in Canada about that, where you know Kelly Rudy was kind of saying, You can't do that. You can't take something away that's already been planned. And Kevin Bieksa was like, No, go ahead. It's on the road, go ahead and yank it away. Give me the player's perspective. On that, how ticked off would you be if you had something like that planned, presumably a little while in advance, and then the coach comes in one day and says, "You know what? Forget it. You're not doing it." Yeah, there there would have been a lot of pissed off guys about that. I'll just tell you briefly about how the schedule works, like in an NHL season. So obviously, you get your game schedule, but we get like an internal schedule, basically month by month. With um, here are our practice times, here's our playing times, here's when we're going to travel, all that kind of stuff because of the CBA, there's days off on there, right? Those days off are like, that's the gospel mm -hmm. like that because, you know, guys have wives, girlfriends, kids, you know, with, with the, the way the, the, the season works, you're, you're always at the rink, you're always traveling. So those days off, those like are sacred. Mm -hmm. And I know in the past when things have had to get shuffled around with the days off, Guys do not like that because it creates an issue for them where it's like, I had a birthday party planned for my kid and now I got to rearrange it. And all, like, you know what I mean? Like there's a human element to those types of things. This is not that. This is different. This is a, an extra trip to Vegas. Um, the team obviously hadn't been playing well. And it's funny to hear like hadn't practiced well, like, Every team now, or pretty much every team, if they're not doing it, they're behind behind the times. They all videotape practice and and watch it, so there's no hiding in practice anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's not like for not for punishment reasons. Like I think they want to see like 
I don't know. How did the power play look in practice today? Like, you know, so you got to look at it that way. Uh, but, you know, let's let's call a spade a spade. They want to see your your effort and, and how you're practicing and because practices are I don't know. They're just they're just as important nowadays. Anyways, something like that would piss a lot of the players off, but they've won a couple games since then. So obviously the message was sent and it was the right message. And it kind of just goes back to something you learn early on when, when you're a player, you're not entitled to anything in the NHL. Like you're really not, you're not entitled to ice time. You're not entitled to being there. Like you're constantly having to, to show your worth. And, you know, a trip like that in the middle of the season is supposed to be looked at as a reward, um, you know, for, for your effort and uh, what you've achieved so far. And if it's not going well and there's an effort issue, uh, it's hard to argue. Like it's hard to have a problem with that. It's hard to be outraged with that. You're just, you're simply not entitled to whatever you want in the NHL. So, um, you know, the, the results have been there since then. So it's hard to argue what they did. Did you ever have any Vegas off days? No, I, you know what? You want to hear something really sad? Yeah, yeah, of course I do. The first year Vegas was in the league. <laughs> That's what we're all about Pittsburgh. here. Yeah. And and I had been called up and we were about to go on the Vegas trip. I was all ready to go and I got sent down. <sighs> Apparently, I got I got told that there was four days left until my waiver clock was gonna have to renew. And if I was with the team for the duration of the road trip. I basically would have just flown there and then had to fly back because, you know, they didn't want me to have to clear waivers again. So if they send you down, um, you know, your waiver clock kind of renews. So anyways, how about you just, how about you just send me back in the middle of the trip? Like it'll be, let's, let's find a way, let's find a way to make this work. What are these, what are these paper transactions I keep hearing about? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> couldn't they couldn't they just send you like the, yeah like do send you to send you to like air quotes to like wheeling for like for like for a yeah, day or let's, two let's, like, let's fire go. up the old paper transaction for a day yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. this has been were you this, there with the leafs when wasn't there something with why do i feel like there was something with like a helicopter and a golf trip and there were some guys who were gonna go play golf and that got shut down i would i wasn't there for that but i do okay. know that the first year that vegas was in the league um I was talking to some of the guys on the team, like, Hey, where'd you guys end up staying? Because everyone just had a sneaky suspicion that with Lou running the show, mm-hmm. the boys right. weren't going to stay on the strip. <laughs> and sure enough, like, where'd you guys stay? Nowhere near the strip for your information. <laughs> They're over by the practice rink in like Henderson or whatever. Yeah. Lou does yeah, not strike as a Vegas guy well in Tahoe. <laughs> he's got yeah. some friends in vegas though i would imagine yeah frank this has been great man well that will do it uh, again i think so i think we're gonna do it again in two weeks in fact how, how many games are you working from now until then do you know uh i don't know you know what okay. it's it's kind of a blur right now but i've called yeah, exactly. so thursday thursday i'll be in pittsburgh saturday yeah. i'll be in uh newark to do the jersey game next tuesday i'll be in montreal doing the uh the habs versus coyotes and uh yeah, and then I got some radio sprinkled in. So it's all good. Busy times, but busy is good. Safe travels, man. We'll go we'll catch up in a couple weeks. Awesome. Thanks, guys. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That was a good first round with Frankie. I think he's going to come back. Good right? Start. Yeah. I think we should maybe make this a recurring segment too. Do we have a Do we have a fake record? That whole thing, the whole production, it was all an act. Not bad, huh? <laughs> what about the breathing, the panting, the moaning, the screaming? Fake, 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 fake. We have a fake stat to talk about here. What is like? I, I, we we've both heard about about the Nathan McKinnon home. It's home everywhere game, all of a sudden. Nathan McKinnon home point scoring streak to start the season. Now it's an impressive accomplishment. I'm not d- taking anything away from that. Am I, should I, should I care about this? Is this real? Is this, I, had you ever heard of this other, record no. before? It's one of those, it happens like it, we, I feel like we see this periodically where people mm-hmm. talk about this record. Like it's something we should know. Like and of course, yeah. Wayne Gretzky holds the record uh, for for point streak to start the season at home. Our home ice. I'm That's like, too oh, many yeah. modifiers, man. That's, sure, there. I feel there, like you get one. That's it. There's one. A hundred percent. There's 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 one too many, one too many uh, qualifiers there for yeah. it. To, for, and, and of course, I'm sure like Avs fans are going to be are going to be livid now. But well, I'll, I'll, whatever. I'll I'm 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 a Leafs fan. Not a lot of people know. Is that, that true? But, yeah, yeah. It's uh, huh. Austin Matthews. A couple years ago, had a streak of, and I don't know if he broke the record or got close, but it was goals, consecutive goals scored on the road. Mm -hmm. And shockingly enough, given it's the Leafs, it got like big play up here after a while. It was like another rogue is, you know, boy, it's, it's, is he gonna, is he gonna continue the streak? And I'm just sitting there going, this, it's cool. I like that he's playing well. I've never heard of this before. And I'm, I'm a numbers guy. I mean, history. I love this stuff. If I've never heard of a record <laughs> until someone's two games away from it, then what are we doing? Like, you know, Mitch Marner had his like beginning of the season point streak uh, going. Nylander had it this year. Like it was, and now it's the home point streak. And I saw okay. somebody the other day tweet out unironically because he's he's Wayne Gretzky holds the record. Bobby Orr had been number two. And Nathan McKinnon just passed Bobby Orr. And somebody said, when you're breaking records that are held by Bob, when you're doing things that only Bobby Orr and Wayne Gretzky are done, 
you're the MVP of the league. And I was like, what are we doing? Like there, there's, there's gotta be at some point, can we That's, just say it's, you know, it's a nice accomplishment, but why am I hearing about this every game? And like, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting updates on Twitter, like the streak continues. And I'm like, I, Sure it does. Okay. I think that's a big part. I think a big part of it is that we're at that point of the season now, especially with, you know, McDavid making a charge and Kucherov's been there from the start and Matthews is on pace to score 110 goals or whatever, whatever, whatever it is at this point. Sounds right. <laughs> we're in like the heart stumping. We're in, this is like stump for your candidate season, right? Like sure. this is like, this is people are just put, like grabbing on to whatever, to, to whatever limb that they can that they can reach to what find some weird leg up and if and it's like if if you th- like look all that is to me is an indicator that he's playing well I don't inherently care about uh, because it means he's scoring in a lot of games that's the takeaway like he's scoring frequently a lot it doesn't matter that it was to start the season or at home it's not a record that anybody cares about I actually just looked at I, I looked up the the main records page on, on the NHL's website. It's not even, there's a zillion listed here. It's not even mm-hmm. listed um, in, in single, you know, single season scoring streaks. There's goal streaks and goal streaks for a rookie. And from the start of the season and goal streak, whatever point streaks for, for defensemen, all that stuff. Like it didn't make that cut. So I, I, I will, I will not be forced into caring about this. I, I, yeah. I apologize. Now, if he, I will say if he runs the table and does the whole season, which I think is what Gretzky did. That will be impressive. I, I will check in if he gets to the end of the year and he's okay. He's he scored in every home game. Maybe I'll I'll get on on that. But I I don't know if I need the breathless updates, or maybe just, I do. Maybe it's February and I should be happy that there's anything no, 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 going no. on. But he's gonna the the streak is gonna snap in the third week in March or something. And guess what, Nathan McKinnon, my friend, you have lost my heart trophy vote. I'm sorry. That's right. It's going to it's out. someone else. If you if, if you want to have a chance, you better keep this up until the bloody end. That's right. So I I, I gotta say this is this is interesting. Is the record is held by Wayne Gretzky, mm-hmm. and he did it an entire season. But the entire season he did it was an eighty game season. But so they played forty one games at home. So in, so in other words, season. he had forty he had forty games at home. Is, so does that mean is the record breakable or has yes? What happens if McKinnon misses a game? Oh, That's man. the other thing. Like doesn't count. Does it? I don't, it's not a real. It's not a real thing. That, okay. So wait up. a second. Wait a second. That immediately yeah. got me like in, more interested in this by a factor of ten. Is that I just yeah. figured Gretzky was at forty-one. He's at forty. Gretzky's at forty according to the NHL. So that's uh, you know. So if, he can McKinnon. So he can break it. In theory, it's a breakable record, oh, but again, I don't know if McKinnon mind. missed a game somewhere along the I take lines. Back, I take back I take back everything I said. That this is the biggest story. This is going to be the recurring feature, the Nathan McKinnon record watch. We're doing that. As soon as it's possible. As soon as yeah. it's possible for, for, for someone to break a Gretzky record, I'm like, all right, let's go. We need to. That's pretty good. We yeah. need to. Sorry, Ovechkin, you're off the Gretzky record watch. It is now Nathan McKinnon. Just, I think we just got our main topic for next week. It's just a deep dive into the into the importance every of, week of, after of Nathan, of Nathan McKinnon's point streak. Because you know it's going to be like I remember with the with Nylander, there was like one game where it was like he got the second assist on a empty net goal with thirty seconds left. People are like the streak lives, and you're like, yeah, but okay. doesn't okay. I like so maybe this should just this should just end. 
let the old let the old days pass away. Uh, this was good, right? I I feel like I feel like we're two for two here. Right? Yeah, we can say so, that. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, it's fantastic. And uh, Frank was great. He was. He's, it's he's, so fun to listen to somebody who knows so much what better. He's about. so much better than us. Yeah, it's he's he will eventually just take over the. It's fine. The yeah, entire, you can just, you, know, you, can just you and talk, I are Caulfield and Suzuki, and he's Slavkovsky. He's got his ceiling <laughs> is so much higher. It might take him a little while to get there, but he's going to be the face of the franchise very very soon. I'll tell you what, people have been arguing about my potential to be a first line center for years, and I think everyone's just accepted that I'm just lower end. Can can you can you? Like win some games with me, yeah. Can you win anything yeah. important? No, I need I need yeah. support. Do you win it? Can you make the playoffs with you as the first line center? Maybe. Can you win a cup? Probably not. You're getting bounced in five in the first round. Right. I think and I'm just a little short good. guy who doesn't contribute much other than the occasional <laughs> highlight reel. Be it. Be it. Yeah, it's not whatever. It's not true. No. Uh, all right, buddy. Thanks for doing this. I gotta stop thanking you for doing this. Who cares? Yeah. We like we, I mean, we, we, I, we have to do this. Do it. It's like not our. We, we don't have a choice here. Yeah, I wasn't wasn't given an option, but Whatever. you're welcome. I'll tell you, who I can't thank our listeners. We love you. Thank you for listening to the Athletic Hockey Show. Leave a five star thing if that's your if that's your thing, and review it if you're enjoying us specifically. Don't mention anybody else. Just talk about me and talk about me and McIndoe. Also, right now, you can get a one-year subscription to The Athletic for two bucks a month if you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. Thursday is back with Haley and Max and me. Sorry for that as well. Sean, I'll talk to you next week, bud. Right on.